All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Uh, a few things I want to get into today. Uh, no major news, so I do have a segment of a pawn further review. I'm going to get into a more recent title. Uh, I'm also going to be going over the NBA playoffs, and I got an MLB update as well now that we are in the middle of the week so uh, let's go ahead and get into it of course with the upon further review segment recently actually as you know in terms of last night actually I watched uh, the new film The Little Things starring Denzel Washington um, I actually like this film a lot but let's kind of get into a synopsis real quick uh, Denzel plays a um, well he's a former LA detective he's now working in Bakersfield a lower position still in the police force but he's playing a character named Zeke like I said he was a veteran uh, veteran detective been through some drama now he's in a smaller town still doing his thing uh, however he is sent back to LA his old stomping grounds to perform just a routine uh, you know evidence gathering situation type have you um, and he bumps into the new guy one of the new detectives in charge out there uh, Played by Romy Malik, his character is the Detective Jimmy Baxter. They de eventually develop a, a, a relationship and a friendship over the course of the film. One of the things I do like about it. Um, now, in the beginning, uh, again, like I said, uh, Denzel comes to the situation in L.A. Uh, being the guy, you know, he does have a reputation, uh, not he, somewhat of an infamous reputation. He still garners some respect. Uh, but originally, uh, Jimmy is kind of like, you know... Um, off put by him and kind of you know standoffish towards him you know because again he's the new guy you know he's college educated um, and I think that's kind of the thing I, what I liked about you know that era at least when they tried to pick that era of cops films in general because I also like I remember a movie back in 98 right uh, Lethal Weapon 4 where he also mentioned you know how the new cops were having all these degrees and psychology degrees and stuff like that and trying to play that up into you know that's kind of where the modern cop was headed I don't you know again at least in the movies that's how it is and in, in real life I see some savage killers but hey <laughs> that's how they wanted to do it in Hollywood but anyways um, like I said Jimmy Baxter and Deke they developed this relationship and they're trying to solve this uh, these new string of murders and uh, these murders just happened the MO of these murders just happened to um, match up with a case that Deke himself couldn't solve back in his time so again like I said he shares his expertise and he does his job to help out uh, Baxter, and not only in terms of solving the case, but just as a mentor. Uh, I think even from the get go, he kind of sees, um, you know, he sees Baxter. I think one of the main scenes in which he kind of, you know, this is again me kind of just looking at it from, you know, me watching the movie. There's a kind of scene where he sees uh, Baxter giving his press conference, and he's kind of seeing, mm, he's kind of watching them. And he's, he's maybe he's seeing himself in him or just a younger guy that he can help. And, you know, he kind of just keys in on that and that being Deke. And, you know, again, you got to respect it, you know. And with that knowledge, you know, he's trying to sit there and, you know, he's been through a lot now. And I'll get to more about his back his backstory as the story goes on. Uh, but, again, they're tracking down, you know, this potential sub uh, this potential suspect. And eventually it leads into this character, the character of Albert Sparma, played by Jared Leto again. Another really strong role. Um, uh, I, again, Leto got a lot of crap for playing the Joker. Uh, in my opinion, he. I don't. Well, again, I haven't seen uh, Suicide Squad, 
but I saw this. He looked to be damn good in this one. You know, he's he was the heel. He was the bad guy. He's the guy that you wanted to hate. Um, he's a very slick guy as well in terms of, you know, his character. Um, now, like I said, Albert Spalmer becomes one of the main uh, points of interest uh, in this movie. And uh, Deke, in turn, you know, intends on, you know, following up on him, pursuing him. But like I said, this guy is slick. Uh, you know, he finds him out. He's able to, you know, to figure out he's being tracked. And that leads to them bringing him in. And, you know, once they bring him in, they question him. He's also able to have a one-on-one -on -one with uh, Zeke. And uh, he is able to make, Ze uh, sorry, not Zeke, but Deke uh, break down and get angry. And eventually he's released. And the cold part about it is the one witness that could have identified him had already saw him in the in the uh, police department. So that was not going to work. They saw each other. So, you know, it's kind of falling apart for the case, um, even though there was this added assistance from this OG veteran. And it looks it looks like it's kind of falling apart. And so uh, what L.A. County decides to do, they're going to send in the feds to help out. And that only gives them about a week to solve the case. Well, eventually, uh, they, you know, of course, they uncover more evidence, more evidence that uh, goes against Sparma. Uh, however, it's not a hundred, it's not a hundred percent match. So eventually, what uh, Baxter would do, uh, what Baxter would be to track, he would track uh, Albert down himself. They again, um, they intend to question him. Also, they run an, an illegal search, uh, and this is one of the, the coldest scenes in the movie, right here, in my opinion, because. Um, Really what they have do, what they have, what Baxter tries to set up is this, you know, it was going to be a bullshit meeting at this bar anyways. Baxter wasn't supposed to show up anyways. He was just going to pretty much keep eye and see if, you know, Sparman would come back so he could notify uh, Deke to get up out of his apartment because he was doing the search. So again, they run the search. However, Sparman, he sipped to the game. Again, this is not your average Joe. He calls, he calls in the, um, the boys on an officer down. So you, you got hell of police showing up to the house. So again, you have that unfold. And eventually, uh, like I said, Baxter again would approach Sparmo and just say straight up, Hey, you know, I feel like you did this. This is the evidence that I have. Let's talk. And Sparma, uh, he decides that, okay, well, he takes him on a pretty much a wild goose chase. He takes him to the middle of nowhere, somewhere, I guess, outside of Lancaster, somewhere. And, uh, again, Deke is telling him he kind of loses him for one, you know, for a second. So it, it leads you to the spot where, you know, Sparma says, okay, this is where I buried the bodies. And it's cold. He pulls out a shovel and he starts to, he tells Detective Baxter to start digging if he wants to find those bodies. And, you know, Baxter, he's so obsessed um, about this. He's so obsessed about this case that he, you know, he uh, he starts digging and he finds no bodies. And the whole time, Albert Sparmer's talking shit. Jared Leto's character is talking shit, getting in his face and saying, you know, hey, I buried something here. Nothing's there. And eventually we'll get to Baxter. And Baxter goes right upside his head with a shovel and he kills him. Now, again, it was a it was a move out of frustration. But you also, it has also revealed that, you know, in Deke's situation, he had something similar. Where he actually, you know, it was near the end of the case and he accidentally shot a victim because the victim kind of came out of nowhere on him. Uh, he was, he was, of course, had a loaded weapon and he shot the victim, killing the victim. And he had uh, the coroner and another officer kind of get him out of that situation. 
through kind of manipulation and shit. And it haunted him. And this is the thing that one of the main lessons that Deke wanted to tell Baxter regardless is, you know, he said, don't be an angel to these people. Like, you want to help and just help as much as you can, but you can't let it, you know, completely consume your life. Uh, because you start to see that again with Baxter's character. Again, he's already attacked. Um, he's already attacked Sparma. He's killed him. And he's already in this kind of broken, almost broken mental state. And the thing about Deke's character is that he had he has experienced that. Uh, he, you know, he got so caught up in the case that again he and I'm I'm pretty sure this is probably the case that did it in which he actually shot that victim. He had a triple bypass, uh, pretty much a heart attack. Uh, he also ended up divorcing his wife as well, and that's what ended up in, you know you know ended up with him relocating. So as somebody who's been there, a veteran who's done that, you know, who's, you know, who's seeing this happening, you know, to his friend, to somebody who's become his friend, he's kind of taking him under his ring. He kind of does his best to kind of make this situation go away for uh, Baxter. And, you know, he goes back uh, after, you know, Sparma is killed. He ends up having to bury him. He also scraps all the evidence uh, that he ever left behind in his apartments and everything. And there's a powerful scene. There's a powerful scene um, in which, um, you know, Baxter, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Baxter, Shimmer poolside with his uh, daughters. And uh, Deke, you know, he sends him a package with this red beret. And this was one of the effects from, you know, uh, one of the victims. And, uh, you know, Jimmy had thought that this piece of evidence would be, the, of course, the, the main key to solve it and to, you know, make his conscience feel good because he knew that he got the right guy and um you know deke sends him this package and it is indeed uh it has a note that says no angels and again the red uh the red band uh the red beret sorry or beret and um you know jimmy thinks you know this is it you know i've done it and but what he doesn't know is you know while deke is burning all you know all the evidence of Sparma, everything. There's a pack of barrettes, and one of them missing was a red one. So we were told is you know Deke just kind of simply gives him this beret as a as a way of telling them let this shit go. Don't let it affect you for your entire life. You're obviously a good cop. Things don't always work. Things don't always you know they don't always work out the way that they do. You know, and you don't want it to uh, pretty much affect your entire life. You know, and because there's, I mean, on Deke's end, uh, there's very powerful scenes with him where he is uh, revisited by who I, I think is or the or victims um, at some point in time that maybe he couldn't uh, crimes that he couldn't solve or just, you know, intense situations in which he was a part of, you know, as a cop. So, again, he's he's still haunted by that, uh, by his own transgressions as well throughout the entire movie you actually see that scene uh, in the end of the movie where he you know again he actually shoots that that woman so you're given a lot of different um you know angles on how you know on, on how these guys think you know at least in this situation you know and, and what they go through and some of the inner turmoil 
And I think it's a good, I mean, I, again, I liked it. It was a good look. Again, um, there is also a, a little bit of vagueness as to was Palmer really the right guy? Uh, because not all the evidence was conclusive. So there really, you know, I could understand, you know, uh, Detective Jimmy being just so caught up about this and maybe it would affect him psychologically. And, you know, it takes somebody else that's been there to kind of step in and say, hey, let that shit go. He can't do anything about that. So all in all, I think it was a really great movie. Uh, I thought the acting was really well, uh, was really good in the movie. Rami Malek, again, as Jimmy Baxter. Uh, of course, Denzel does his thing as Deke. Uh, the sword supporting characters, um, the main one being Jared Leto uh, as Albert Spalmer, really carried the movie as well. Just, you know, even, you know, in just, you know, smaller scenes, even in the scenes with um, uh, the corner that helped out, um, that helped out Denzel's character, Deke. You know, they have a couple passionate, well, you know, you know what I mean, you know, a couple in-depth and revealing scenes as well, just to kind of give you more background on the character. Like I said, uh, Jared Leto was very, um, he was your heel in this movie. He was very manipulative as the character Sparma. He was uh, on top of things. Like I said, he was able to, you know, outsmart, um, outsmart Deke at one time, who was in hot pursuit of him. Uh, again, he also had a, you know, a very sick and sadistic mind that he played out throughout, you know, his one-on-ones and on screen. So again, Jared Leto did a good job supporting characters and the main actors as well. The plot was really good, directed by John Lee Hancock. What I recommended, yes, indeed. And if I were graded, I'm giving it an A. Pretty solid movie, really good movie, guys. I would say check it out if you haven't done so yet. It is on HBO, by the way, if you haven't. Um, yeah. Um, if 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 this was uh, out in the if this movie was out in the theaters, if we could go back in time or we, there was no COVID restrictions, I'd pay to watch. I pay for a ticket. Why not? It's a popcorn to watch this one. This was a pretty good one. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're breaking down the playoffs. Yes, we do have one. Um, we have one player in this NBA Finals dance that we have discovered. We have one. We'll talk about how they made it. And we'll break down what's to come in the Eastern Conference as well. All right, y'all. And also, like I said, we have some baseball to talk about. So I'll be back in just a little bit, guys. Yeah. They plan was to knock me out the top of the game. But I overstand they truth is all lame. I hold cannons that shoot balls of flame. Right in a fat mouth, then I call my name. Nas, too real. Nas, true king. It's however you feel. Go ahead, you swing. Your arms too short to box with guards. I don't kill soloists, only kill squads. Fame went to their head, so now it's fuck guys. Yesterday you begged for a deal, today you tough guys. I seen it coming, soon as I popped my first bottle, I spotted my enemies, try to do what I do. Came in with my style, so I followed you. I kept All right, y'all, I am back. Let's break down the NBA playoffs. Of course, Western Conference Finals Game 6 was last night. The Suns get it done. Beating the brakes off the Clippers, a.k.a. If you ask any any Clipper hater or Clipper detractor, you're going to hear Flipper Pack. Hey, 130-103 to 103 is the final score. The Suns did look impressive. Uh, Chris Paul had 41 points, turning back the clock, saying, look, I'm leading the team there. There's no Kawhi. They pretty much should have won Game Five, though. If you ask me, if if this is gonna if this was gonna be the score of Game Six, why didn't y'all win Game Five? Y'all got blown out for no reason in that game. But, uh, anyways, Chris Paul would have forty one points, eight assists, four rebounds. Uh, typical numbers from him back in the Clippers days, younger days, you know, stuff like that. Like I said, 
Turning back that clock, you wanted to get that uh get that finals appearance on that resume. I get it. I ain't mad at you, dog. Devin Booker would put up 22 points as well as four assists and seven rebounds. Jay Crowder would would put up 19 points as well as five rebounds. Um, for the Clippers, Marcus Morris surprising will be the leading scorer for the team. 26 points, nine rebounds. Here you have Paul George, 21 points. I'm pretty sure that uh, that efficiency was off that night. Uh, just 21 points from him, two assists and nine rebounds. Um, maybe a 30 point game might from him might put it in a different direction for them. I don't think so though. Um, Reggie Jackson, 13 points from him, nine assists and four rebounds. Um, you know, Patrick Beverly, he got mad. He, you know, he obviously doesn't like. See, this is the funny thing about you know people like Patrick Beverly, and I know people are gonna say something about Chris Paul being a punk or he does this and that and the other. I also heard a comment uh, said by I, I I saw you know Demarcus Cousins' mouth. I saw his lips. People saying some shit like that's why people don't fuck with you and all that type of shit. You know, first and foremost, there's there's a lot of shit people say about you, Demarcus. There's a lot of shit that people say about you that's not, you know, whatever. Like, you can say all the shit that you want to, but you're a ring chaser at this point. You don't start no more, you know. Um, Unfortunately, you had the injury bug, but, I mean, outside of your offensive game, what did you bring to the table that was, you know, monumental? Um, I can't, I can't, I can't think of anybody in this league that would, you know, co-sign you, um, as far as Patrick Beverly, you know, with the push and all that punk shit, you push the man when his back was turned, where I come from that sucker shit, um, I, I again, there's, push, there's, there's people that would say, oh, well, he pushed Chris Paul, because Chris Paul wouldn't push back, listen, if your back is turned, and if you push me when my back is turned, because I'm talking some shit, you the bitch, I'm just saying, a man would have turned around and said, look, you got a problem, cuz, and talked and called him out, but he ain't gonna do that, you know, Pat Beverly just likes the little, he likes the meme, he likes the little excitement, again, that's not a champion, again, I want a champion, he's not, I don't, I don't see why people give him the credit that they give him, I mean, again, I understand defense is important, but, but my bruh, like, that's all you do is play defense and talk shit to motherfuckers, and when motherfuckers talk shit back to you, you don't like it? Like, bruh, you a sore loser. Like, your whole team is sore losers. Your whole team just talk. Like, I saw that. Like, it was very immature. I don't like the Clippers. From what I saw yesterday, I know, I see why people dog them. Uh, like, specifically, like, people, like, online, like, TSO says. Like, I see why they dog motherfuckers like them. Because, like, you lose a game, you get blown out, and then you push niggas in the back. You talking about you mad because he said some shit to you. So the fuck what? That's what the fuck you get. Like, you know what I'm saying? You talk, you talk shit the whole series. He went back and forth with you, and you ain't like it because you lost? Get the fuck out of here. Like, take your ass to Cancun. Like, I don't I don't, I don't, don't understand what y'all. And you got, like I said, you got the emotional lesbian that is DeMarcus Cousins. That's why don't nobody fuck with you. Nobody fuck with you either. That's why you're not on nobody championship squad. Shit, KD could have hollered at you, and them could have hollered at you. They didn't want to fuck with you. Right. Now, so we'll see what happens next year with the Clippers. I think they should get rid of, for one, I think they need to get rid of Cousins. They need to get rid of uh, Beverly. Who else should go? Z- Zubak is actually all right. 
Uh, Reggie Jackson says he wants to stay. He seems to really like this team. I saw him after the, the, the press conference. He seemed to be really emotional about this team. I, I feel like they gave him a chance to play in a, in a time where he wanted some personal success, maybe some team success. He was in, on a team in Detroit that was garbage. So I think he, I think he really likes this, this team. He, he really understands PG and Kawhi. He works pretty well with them, although I don't think he showed up in game six. It happens. Um, Marcus Morris seemed to be pretty solid. I wouldn't want to move on him. He was your leading scorer in this game. You do get about 20 points a game almost from him in this series. So, I I mean, they give they give Marcus Morris a lot of hell. That's one person I'm not going to give a lot of hell to. Um, just, again, just the, just the lack of maturity from Patrick Beverly and, and DeMarcus Cousins. I, I don't get y'all. Like, again, Chris Paul is going to do what he's going to do. I, I, I'm pretty sure people have shit to say about him. But, um... I'm sorry. I mean, for the most part, he's a leader. He makes his teammates better. You cannot say the same for Patrick Beverly or DeMarcus Cousins as much shit as they talk, as as much as people might feel like they have a point about CP3 and what he's done or whatever. He's not number three no more. He's, what is he, number eight, CP8? You know, um, I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not in the NBA as a player, so I don't see these people's inner workings. Chris Paul just seems like a normal guy. He might talk a lot of shit. Short niggas talk a lot of stuff. Like, that's what they do. Like, bruh, like, this is... Behavior like his behavior is something... Like, all these people's behaviors, I've seen it before. Like, I've seen cats like Patrick Beverly all the time. Um... You know, he just happens to have a million, some some money in his pocket, and he's on TV, so he can see, you know, he's... He feel like he's justified to do what he do. Like, you know, eventually, you know... We'll see what happens in this offseason because you didn't do nothing for this team this year. So, I mean, it's like your impact. What is your real impact? Again, shit talking is not a huge impact for me if you, you know. what? How many points did he score in this game? Nine? Eight? Come on, man. Like, I, I don't know what to tell y'all. Maybe he scored double digits in this game. Maybe. I can't remember. But, um, Suns move on to the finals. They're gonna face the winner of the Bucks, you know, Hawks. I don't, I don't know what to say about them just yet. Uh, but back to the Clippers, just for a second. I, I think, like I said, get rid of Patrick Beverly, get rid of um, some of these these hangers on, like Demarcus Cousins. They're not gonna do nothing. They didn't get you no valuable minutes. Uh, again, they're gonna, they're, you know, people are gonna say, well, Patrick Beverly does play you play some defense, yeah. But if he's not gonna give you again. One oh three, y'all only had one hundred and three points, which means to tell me he didn't do shit offensively. Offense is just as important as defense. It, I mean, again, um, a lot of people will say defense wins championships in football. <laughs> in football, in football. I'm sorry, I have not. I have now. There's certain cl- there's certain plays that might make a difference. Um, but there's there's never been a just a stalwart defensive player that I've seen that I can just see that's that's all he does is play defense make that big of an impact in the final box score. I'm, I don't see it per se. There's been a couple games where he's played very well on Booker or whatever on Paul, but ah, man, I mean on the other end it just doesn't translate, and I think that's again it has to translate on the other end. Otherwise, I don't I don't see where you're helping out that much. That's just me. That's just me. Um, as far as the Suns in the finals, I think whoever they match up with, um, they should have a a, a positive a chance. Um, 
we've seen Devin Booker. Well, again, I will say this: Devin Booker wasn't the prominent shooter that I scored that I thought he'd be throughout this series. Um, he might open up more against Atlanta. We'll have to see. Uh, but for the most part, I think they have a solid enough team to hang. I'd like to see the DeAndre Ayton, uh, John Collins matchup. I'm pretty sure they would match them up. They would have to. I'd like to see that. Um, Chris Paul and Trey Young, that should be a okay matchup. Uh, maybe they might put Devin Booker on Trey Young. I don't know how they would do that per se. Uh, but some of these matchups should be pretty interesting. If you look at um, also with Milwaukee, um, they have a weird situation there. Cause you have Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday going up against Chris Paul. Wow. Uh, that's a great matchup as well. At the shooting guard position, uh, you have, is uh, I think Middleton is going to be at the small forward. So you might have him going up against Crowder maybe. So, you, I mean, both both of these uh, situations have some very interesting matchups in terms of the big men for uh, Milwaukee and the potential Suns, a potential Suns matchup. You got Aiton going up against Lopez. I mean, this is pretty decent. I mean, you have some you have some good basketball coming up, regardless of who makes it out of the East. But speaking of the East, let's let's kind of travel out there for just for a second. All right. So in Game Four, Atlanta was able to even things out with a 110-88 win uh, for the Hawks. They were led by Lou Williams, 21 points, eight assists, and five rebounds. Bojan Bogdanovic would have 20 points, five assists, and three rebounds, and Clint Capella would put up 15 points, seven assists, and six rebounds. For the Bucks, they were led by Drew Holiday, 19 points from him, uh, sorry, nine assists and five rebounds. Chris Middleton would have 16 points, four, five assists, and eight rebounds, and Giannis would have 14 points, three assists, and eight rebounds. Again, I think this was a bad Juju loss. I don't see how you how you lose with the Hawks not having Trey Young. Matter of fact, not only do you lose, you get blown out by a Trey Young-less Hawks team. That's that's not a good sign for me. A uh, couple takeaways from this game, the Bucks shot 39% from the field, 20% from three. Of course, they always struggled from outside throughout this entire playoffs, uh, but for some reason, they couldn't score anywhere in, in that game either. So, um, Bucks have some some explaining to do. <laughs> um, y'all supposed to be making y'all field goals. Y'all not necessarily a three-point team, but everything outside of threes, y'all pretty much make. That didn't happen in game four. Y'all in a situation. And, and in games that they've won so far this series, they've also controlled the rebound advantage. They've also had uh, the assist advantage. They were passing the ball pretty well. Uh, also, they would outscore Atlanta in the paint. None of those things happened at all. And again, the Hawks did not have Trey Young. That is not a good sign, in my opinion. Gi uh, Giannis would hyperextend his knee. His status on Game 5, I would say, is questionable. Um, he's day-to-day. -day. I say for Trey Young, as far as I know, he is a game-time decision. That means he may end up playing. He may not end up playing. This series is, a position, is in a position where it can go either way. Uh, however, I did not like the blowout loss. Um... Again, with without Trey Young, this should have been the reverse for the Bucks, in my opinion. But again, the Bucks have had this period; they've been having these games where they just have not been able to score. So that's not good. Um, I really don't know how to. I don't know what the Bucks would have to do to remedy this. 
Um, again, Giannis had a cold game. Um, that does not happen often. Maybe maybe that doesn't happen in game five, of course. Uh, but again, they're going to need somebody outside of him, of course, as usual, to get the scoring done. Chris Middleton, he had a 38, what was it, a 30, yeah, 38-point game in game three. Uh, again, he only showed up with 16 points in game four. You got to stay on that level. Again, maybe you get 25, 27 like that. Maybe you don't get 38 again, but you don't go to 16 points. Giannis, again, he had 33 points in game three. You don't go down to 14 and expect to, to win. I mean, again, there's no Trey Young, but you do not let the foot off the gas. I, you know, golly, um, I, I would, God forbid, if that team did that because um, that's, again, obviously this team can – can still beat you without Trey Young. Again, Lou Williams, we haven't heard his name, so we haven't heard his name throughout the playoffs so far. And then he comes out of nowhere and gives them 21 points and a blowout win. Um, yeah, Bucks, you got a lot of explaining to do. And you lost at home. Nah, not good. Not good job. Um, as far as who I see winning tonight, like again, I, I actually this this series is so back and forth to me, kind of. And again, I did not like the loss that the Bucks had in Game Four. So, um, I want to say this game is almost like a wash for me. I don't really have a winner right now, but I, I could see Atlanta having the edge on this one just based on what happened uh, in the last game. Again, um, Chris Middleton uh, was a big drop off in Game Four for me. He had a twenty point fourth quarter in Game Three. Um, again, in Game Four, like I said, in Game uh, sorry, in Game Three in the fourth quarter. Again, nothing really from him um, in game four. And, and they have to show up every night. The Bucks got to show up every night. They do not have a three-point game, so they got to show up in different ways every night. Okay, so it's obvious that they're not going to be a three-point shooting team of this series. Uh, so they're going to have to get, get uh, turnovers. They're going to have to, again, do the things that won them the previous series. Get the most rebounds. Get the most assists. Pass the ball very well. Uh, do not turn the ball over. Force the other team into turnovers. Get extra possessions because again, again, threes outweigh twos. So if you and if you're not making your twos, you can't even make your twos. And I mean, I don't know what to tell you guys, Milwaukee. I don't know what to tell you. I got one bit of news here. Uh, it's a, uh, a development come out of Portland. Uh, they have officially hired Chauncey Billups as their new head coach. They signed him to a five-year deal. Although um, he has no real coaching experience in terms of head coaching, uh, he's recently served as a uh, assistant for the Clippers. He also was in uh, he also was in discussion of getting you know uh, front office positions. Like for example, in 2017, the Cavs wanted him to be a general manager for them, or at least a president of basketball operations. So. Um, he uh, obviously his background in terms of his education may lead to that so there might be some educational factors there just you know again it's about who you know uh, and i'm pretty sure he's you know garnered some uh basketball now i don't know his um his edu all his educational background exactly where his degrees lie or whatever like that but obviously you know it's up there if they were you know at least interviewing him and considering him for gm president like i said front office type roles so again he has that knowledge that he's also again served as a um an assistant for the clippers for a number at least a few years um now much of the drama that's going to come from this and much of Ho uh, portland's hiring process focused on his 1997 rape allegations 
again this is the movement in which we want to expose we i mean people want to expose everything about you if it's you know a misdeed against a woman doesn't matter how ins how really insignificant it could be how long ago it was we feel the need that we want to expose that and we want to be uh, against anybody who ever did anything against a woman again hey i don't understand I, but yet Cardi B can drug men and do all types of shit to men, but we listen to her all the time and we praise her again, but we still bringing up shit from 1997 for Chauncey Billups. Get the fuck out of here, dog. I don't like the, I don't, again, I do not like the double standard that we try to push. Again, there's so many different double standards and, and, and I, the ideologies we want to push out there and it's annoying to me in this day and age. I don't want to, I am not. I am pro my family, pro myself, and pro people who in my community who like me and support me, and I support them. That's what I'm about. I am not. Do not label me anymore. I am not pro nothing. Uh, get me away from this. Uh, 1997 is a is a very long time. He was not charged with anything. He settled out of court. It was over. I mean, again, let it fucking go. Again, if he's still raping women, or there was still evidence of that, or anything like that, then I could see you guys being adamantly opposed. Fine, I get it, sure. But again, this was a situation that not only happened in 1997, it wasn't even clear if it was truly rape, so I don't want to fucking hear it. I'm so fucking tired of that nonsense in my life. Fuck that. Oh, just let it fucking go. Again, as a player, Chauncey Billups was a was a was a damn good player. Five time All Star. He also was an NBA champion in two thousand four. Uh, being that he's a point guard, I think he might have a a real close a closer connection connection with Dame. I think that's kind of what probably prompted Portland to want to go in this direction, um, as opposed to maybe uh, a Becky Hammond. Uh, I think that connection right there. He's also Dame also said that that's one of the coaches he would be able to deal with. Uh, uh, if it wasn't Jason Kidd, so I, I, I mean, again, you have a, you're in a situation where your 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 star player might want to leave you. Who knows what might happen? Um, again, if he said he likes his coach, I would I would get him. I mean, that's what I would do. I wouldn't get the coach that he did mention. That's for sure. So I know we have virtue signaling about to start queuing. We're gonna start you know queuing them up in a little bit. I'm ready to hear them. I'm ready to hear the arguments. But again. If that's who my star player wanted, and I knew my star player might want to be traded, or if it's going all about in the world that that's might what he might want to do, I'd want to hook him. I'd I'd hook him up. If that's me. Um, if you want to keep him, um, I'm gonna take a quick break. We will come back. We will be breaking down the MLB. Um, as far as some future basketball news, I did want to get into those. Speaking of Dame Lillard trades and. Uh, trades in general, I did want to get into those potential situations just to be on the real side. I mean, it could happen. As much as I'm a fan, uh, well, I, I'm going to always love the team. Uh, I will I will always have respect for Dame and, and love for him. So whatever he decides to do is his decision. But we got to be real with it. So I will be, uh, uh, my next uh, my next installment, we will get into some of those trade uh, trade opportunities or potential landing spots for not only him but CJ as well. And again, I've been trying to, you know, I promised that I would go a little bit, just a little bit tad deeper in what my thoughts are, what this Portland Trailblazers offseason is going to be. And I will get to that. It's just taking some time. I got other things, you know, you know what goes on here. You know, we got a lot of stuff to get into. But anyways, like I said, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to finish everything up on some baseball shit. So I'll be right back, y'all.
Yo, yo, I'm back. Let's wrap everything up with some MLB talk. Um, let's get into it with some news. I got the the All Star Game finalists. Uh, we will be they will be revealing uh, the actual starters. I would say later on this evening. Uh, let's break it down. I have the finalists here. The voting, as I, as far as I know, is still going on. You have a little bit more time to put those votes in. I didn't already voted because this is what I like to do. But uh, if, you know, again, I've already put this, my votes in. But, again, you have a little bit more time if this is what you want to do. You want to see your favorite All-Stars play. Uh, go ahead and do that at MLB.com. But uh, let's break it down. The Astros have seven, seven finalists for the AL team. Uh, this is the most by any team in baseball right now. Um, the top three uh, finalists for each position, for each position, excuse me, were based on a fan vote. You know, all this has been fan voting so far. Uh, the only positions that I probably won't have um, right away because we'll know the results uh, at least of these of of the starters that I'm gonna mention right now. We'll have those results later on today. Uh, however, the pitchers are going to come out a little bit later because they're going to be done under a different process, a different selection process. Pitchers, I believe. Yeah, just the pitchers. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, let's get into it. Uh, the Dodgers, Cubs, and Blue Jays also have five finalists. The All-Star game is going to be July 13th at Coors Field out there in Denver, Colorado. We already know we went through the drama about switching it from Atlanta because Atlanta got, you know, Atlanta trying to take away people's voting rights. So, hey, that's what it is. Voting for the NBA, uh, voting for the finals again, like I said, began on Monday. Uh, like I said, they're going to wrap up in a few hours today. Um, and the stars, like I said, for both the AL and the NL will be let, announced later on tonight. The pitchers uh, will come a little bit later. And the closers, I th yeah, pitchers slash closers, you know what I mean, though. Um, so let's break down the finalists from the AL. We're going to break down the catchers first. We got Salvador Perez for the Kansas City Royals. Martin Maldonado from the Astros. We got Yasmani Grandal from the, the White Sox. And from the National League, we have Buster Posey of the Giants, Yadier Molina, two guys that we already know about for years. Also, uh, Wilson Contreras uh, from the Cubs, also a guy that's been in the mix, I I believe, for a few na a few years now in terms of the, the All-Star game. At first base, we got from the AL, Vlad Guerrero from the Blue Jays, Vlad Guerrero Jr., get that right. His father was an all-star as well. No, we put no disrespect on his father's name. He played too. Yuli Gurriel of the Astros. We also got Jose Abreu of the White Sox, who is coming back from injury and also been dealing with one of his worst seasons so far um, in the league. We'll talk a little about him when we break down the standings. We'll talk some more about the stuff, the White Sox. Uh, but next up, we have Max Muncy of the Dodgers. 
uh, of the NL. We also have Freddie Freeman of the Braves, one of my favorite first basemen. Uh, we also got Anthony Rizzo still in the mix from the Cubs. He's been in there for a week. He's been playing for Chicago for a while, and I think his whole career. So uh, good look on him. Another at least finalist appearance. Uh, for the second base, um, for the American League, we have Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays. We got Jose Altuve of the Astros and also DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. Uh, in the National League for the second baseman, we have Ozzy Albias of the Braves, one of my favorite at the position as well. Uh, we also got Adam Frazier of the Pirates and Gavin Lux of the Dodgers. Haven't heard so much about him though. Uh, from the AL, we're going to the shortstop position. We got Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. Uh, we also have Bo Boucher, Again, another one of my favorites at the position. Um, we also have Carlos Correa, another one of my... Actually, all three of these guys are my favorite shortstops in the league right now. Carlos Correa, the Astros. Uh, we got in the NL, Fernando Tatis Jr., another good player, solid guy. Javier Baez of uh, the Cubs. And then we also got Brandon Crawford, of course, my Bay Area. People know about him playing for the Giants. Uh, let's go to third base in the AL. We got Rafael Devers. Wow, yeah, all my favorites are going to be playing. I know this much. Uh, Red Sox, we got Alex Bregman of the Astros. My only takeaway is that they ain't no A's. That's my only problem. Ain't no A's this year, so I'm a little bit sad about that. couple of Giants, but uh, yeah. We got Yoan Makata of the Chicago White Sox running out the third baseman for the AL. Going to the NL, we have Chris Bryant again, multiple-time All-Star, if I'm not mistaken. Nolan Arenado, the same thing for the Cardinals as well. And we also got Justin Turner of the Dodgers. Moving to the outfield in the American League, we got Mike Trout of the Angels, Aaron Judge of the Yankees. We got Byron Buxton of the Twins. We also got Michael Brantley of the Astros. We got Adolis Garcia from the Rangers. Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays, Cedric Mullins of the Orioles, and Alex Verdugo of the Red Sox. And rounding, rounding everything out, we have Randall Grinchuk of the Blue Jays. For the NL, we got Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, Ronald Acuna, my buddy, man, my friend, one of my favorite outfielders of the Braves, Jesse Winker. Don't know where that name comes from. Plays for the Reds, though. Mookie Betts, my man's in them for the Dodgers. Chris Taylor, another another Dodger. Damn, Dodgers. Damn, okay, y'all. Juan Soto, the Nationals. We got Bryce Harper. Yeah, whatever, dude. We got Jock Peterson of the Cubs. And then another Bay Area cat, Mike Yastrzemski of the Giants. His grandpa played for the Majors, too. He's also an all-star. Actually, a Hall of Famer, if I'm not mistaken. Carl Yastrzemski. Look it up. Mike Yastrzemski following in them footsteps. That I like about sports. I like I like when sons and grandsons and nephews even say, man, my uncle or my dad played. I'm going to be just because, I mean, that, ain't that what life is about? You want to be at least like your father in different ways, you know? I want to be like my dad in different ways too, though, you know? So ain't nothing wrong with that being like your father. I, I'm down with that, dude. Um, let's move on to the scores. Oh, a couple of takeaways from this. My biggest takeaway is the Astros with seven all-star candidates. Obviously, they're a good team. They're a popular team. My question is to y'all, why did y'all ever feel the need to cheat? <sighs> what the fuck? You needed to steal signs? You got a bunch of Hall of Famers, potentially. At least this year, you got a whole bunch of all-stars. You're first in your division. Still, what the fuck did y'all need to cheat for? Whatever. Whatever, dude. 
I'll never understand. Let's move on to the scores from last night. Uh, we got the Nationals getting it done against the Rays, blowing them out. 15 to six was the final score. The Nationals are 40 and 38. The Rays are 47 and 34. For the Rays, uh, they were led by Yandy Diaz in that game. He would have a solo home run. Catcher Mike Zunino would have a two-run home run, and Randy Arozarena would bring in two runs of his own as well. For the Nationals, Sterling Castro at the third base spot would do his thing. He would have a home run, also four total RBIs. Uh, first baseman Josh Bell would have three. RBIs. Second baseman Joey Mercer would have a solo home run. Right fielder Juan Soto would have two earned runs. And on the mound, John Lester would get the would get the win. Uh, he's currently two and three on the year. He went for five innings in this one. He gave up seven hits. Uh, he also had a few earned runs. He gave up five, including two homers. But again, he was able to get it done for the win. Um, up next, we have an even bigger blowout. The Braves they get it done against the Mets, twenty to two. Again, twenty. To two, Braves stand at 38 and 41, and the Mets are at 41 and 35, still first in their division. Um, the Mets they were led by Pete Alonso. He would have two RBIs. He that was his well his 40th on the year, his 39th and 40th on the year respectively. And pitcher David Peterson will take the L in this one for the Mets, two and six on the year so far uh, as his current record. He had eight hits in this one. Uh, gave up five earned runs and only had two strikeouts. For the Braves, uh, second baseman Ozzy Albias, of course, Mr. M Mr. All-Star himself. Two home runs from him, seven total RBIs. Uh, third baseman Austin Riley would bring in three, three runs as well. Third baseman, uh, serving as a pinch hitter in this one, Ihire Adrianzana would have a two-run home run. And Max Free would get the win in this one on the mound. Uh, he's currently has a record of five and four. He went for five innings in that one, three hits, uh, gave up two earned runs, but he would have seven strikeouts. Moving on, we got another another blowout win. Uh, this time by Chicago, uh, they will get the best of the Twins, thirteen to three. Uh, we got the Orioles getting another upset against the Astros here, five to two. I don't know why they seem to have the number in that series. Uh, the Padres got the best of the, the Reds, excuse me, seven to five. They continue their winning streak. Um, we also have the Brewers here. They uh, beat the Cubs 15 to seven. The Cardinals get it done against the Diamondbacks seven to four. We got the Rockies getting a win against the Pirates six to two. Um, we have a doubleheader here. We had to make up another game, but the Tigers uh, they get it done in the first game against sorry the first game against the Indians nine to four. They were also able to win the second game seven to one as well. Moving on, we got the Mariners beating the Jays nine to seven, and finally uh, we got the A's getting it done against the Rangers three to one was the final score. The A's move up to forty eight and thirty four. The Rangers are thirty one and forty nine. For the Rangers in that game, they did get one RBI from Joey Gallo at the right field spot, but overall. Uh, they were 0 for 6 with runners in score position. They would also leave 7 runners on base. Not good when you want to bring in some runs. You got to win the game, right? Uh, 3 to run, three, sorry, three to 1. Um, one of those runners would have made a difference. Or two of those runners would have made a difference. Who knows? Uh, for today's, uh, D.H. Frank Schwindel would have had a 2 run home run. Catcher Sean Murphy would get an RBI as well. On the mound, Chris Bassett would get the win. Uh, he's currently nine and two on the year. Uh, in yesterday's game, he would have seven. He would go for seven innings, giving up three hits, but no earned runs. He would also have seven strikeouts. Lou Trevino would get the win. In, sorry, would get a save in that one. That would be his thirteenth on the year. All right, y'all. We are gonna move to the standings. We're gonna start off in the American League, of course, in the East. This is what we do. Uh, first things first, we have the Red Sox on top. They are 50. I said it, yes, 50 
50 and 31. The first team to cross the 50 win mark this year. Um, they also are seven and three in their last 10. Up next, we have the Rays here at 47 and 34, three games back from them, four and six in their last 10. Uh, at number three, we have the Blue Jays here. They are on the rise somewhat, 41 and 30, 37. Uh, so far, they are seven and a half games back. Like I said, they are on the rise, eight and two in their last 10. Uh, for the Yankees, they are 41 and 39, eight and a half games back. They've gone four and six in their last 10. And this is the word from up high. This is the word from their manager, or their general manager, Brian Cashman. We suck right now. Uh, they've, uh, like I said, uh, four and six in their last ten. They had recently lost four in a row. They were swept by their rival Red Sox. They did, they did break that trend of that sweep, uh, that that of that uh, that four game skid. I want to say uh, they're actually back to back wins. I want to say they beat the Angels last night. Um, yeah, they did beat the Angels last night. So they did break the four game uh, losing streak. But again, four and six in the last ten, seven and a half, eight and a half games back at this point. Not a good look. Again, Brian Cashman, their GM, is not very happy. At the fifth, at the fifth place spot, excuse me, we have the Orioles here at 27 and 54. Let's move on to the Central Division. We have Chicago White Sox on top, 47 and 32. They are four and six in the last ten. Uh, the news around their town is uh, first baseman Jose Abreu. He wants to play ASAP. He um, was hit in the knee a couple days ago. Uh, however, manager Tony Larusa wants him to rest. Uh, he wants him to also get his mind right as well, not just his body, because uh, his stat line is it reads like this: He has a 2.41 average, 3.21 on base, and 4.33 slugging percentage. For those that know baseball, that is not good at all. Uh, this is worst June. This is worst June of his entire career. I'm on the lines of Tony Larusa. Take a bit of a break. You also have brought up some. Uh, there's also some Triple uh, A guys that they're looking to bring up. They've been hot recently. So they'll be all right. They'll get some hitting for the time being. Get your time, get your mind right, Jose. You're 34 at this point. You're a little bit on the downswing. I did not know you were this old myself. And uh, this is what happens. You, you lose a step every now and again. Moving uh, moving on, we have the Indians here. They are 42 and 35, four games back. They are four and six in the last 10. We have the Tigers right, well, not right behind them, further behind them, uh, the third place spot, 36 and 35. And round out the bottom of the Central, we have the Twins and the Royals here. Uh, the Twins are 33 and 45, and the uh, the Royals, excuse me, are 33 and 46. Moving to the AL West, we have the Astros here at 48 and 33. They've gone five and five in the last 10. Um, we also uh, have the A's here at 48 and 31. We have the Mariners here at 42 and 39. Now they have actually um, they've actually gotten better over the last few weeks. Actually, they have 73 in the last 10, uh, just six games back. Uh, they are on the rise, though. Uh, as for the A's, they are a half, just a half game back now of the of the Astros. Uh, moving on, we have the Angels here. Uh, they are forty one. Sorry, sorry, it's not forty one. They have forty one losses. They are just they are thirty nine and forty one. However, uh, DH uh, Shea Otani slash pitcher uh, leads the league in home runs with twenty eight. That is, they do have something good going for them right now. Uh, the Rangers are thirty one. Sorry, thirty one and forty nine. Let's move on to the National League, starting with the East, of course. You know how I like to do. 
Uh, we have the Mets here. They're still on top, 41-35. However, they've gone 4-6 and six in the last 10. Uh, we have the Nationals here. Uh, they have uh, they are 40-38. and 38. They've been on a rise as well. They're just two games back in the division. They've gone 8-2 and two in the last 10. We have the Braves here. They are 38-41, and 41, four and a half games back, five and five in the last 10. Uh, we also have uh, the Phillies here, uh, four-place spot, 37-41, and 41, uh, five games back, three and seven in the last 10. And at the bottom, we have the Mariners, sorry, the Mariners, the Marlins, 34-45. and 45. Uh, In the central, we have the Brewers on top, 48-33, and 9-1 in the last 10. Um, you know, the game... Um, they had they've been having some well they've been scoring a lot of runs uh in these past few games uh i think they beat up on um the cubs uh by 10 runs they scored like 10 runs in the eighth uh, sorry in the eighth inning um in not yesterday's game but wednesday's game versus the cubs they blew out the cubs again uh last night so they're they're scoring runs all over the place uh they they're on an eight game winning streak uh however uh one takeaway from this team if i if i were to say anything is the uh, it's outfielder Jackie Jackie Bradley Jr. This was their offseason acquisition. Uh, he's been struggling uh, so far. Uh, this year he has a 159 average, which is the worst in all of baseball. He has a 240 on-base percentage and a 274 slugging percentage. I don't know about the other the other two stats, but I will say that they're pretty much near the bottom, if I were to guess. Uh, he has a 31% strikeout weight, rate, excuse me, which is the highest of his career. So, uh, as well as the Brewers are doing, a player who they thought would be their star and take them over the top is not doing so well. Moving on, we have the Cubs here at 42 and 39. They are six games back, three and seven in the last 10. Uh, we have the Cardinals here at 40 and 41, eight games back, and at four and six in the last 10. And at the bottom, we have the Reds at 39 and 40. And the Pirates, of course, one of the worst teams in baseball, 29 and 50. Uh, going out to the NL West, we have the Giants here at 50 and 29. They have gone six and four in the last 10. The Dodgers are 49 and 31, one and a half games back, and they're six and four in the last 10. They are going through some drama. Um, it's Trevor Trevor Bauer, apparently another. Um, there's some assault allegations against him. I don't know what to say. Um, just some drama, more drama. At number three, we have the Padres here. They are 49 and 33. They are two and a half games back. They've also gone nine and one in their last in their last ten. Uh, and at the bottom, we have the Rockies here at 34 and 47. And we also have the Diamondbacks here at 22 and 60. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. Uh, I'm gonna leave my links available for you uh, guys to hit me up and to follow me on the social medias. Um, as far as my next episode is concerned, I will, of course, be getting back into the NBA playoffs. Got to finish this up. There is some news coming from the NCAA that I wanted to get deeper into um, and referring, you know, paying these athletes. It looks like it might be happening. Um, and it looks like a, a good sign. Uh, athletes are going to get their, their just due. So uh, we're going to be talking more about that. That's the main things that I do know about from the sports front. Um, yeah, anything on the national, international level, of course, we're going we're gonna to talk and get into um and um, oh, I am working on the uh, working on my my U my newest YouTube project, the Eight Worst Republican States. Uh, I will be re recording that soon. Uh, look for that to come out in some days now, in a few days now. All right, now uh, I am gonna call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love, y'all, and I'll let you guys later.